0: This is episode number 45 with two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning editorial cartoonist of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Mike Luckovich. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Today's guest might be one of the most unique guests I've ever had on the show, and I'm so excited to share his story, his experiences, and his insights. Mike Lukovich is a two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning editorial cartoonist. Mike has worked for the AJC, which is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, for 30 years, dating back to 1989, and he has not turned back since. Talk about a unique job and a unique daily work life, Mike's got one. In this interview, he talks about his daily routine and how he comes up with new ideas for his cartoons. Mike and I dive into pressure, into procrastination, and how it can actually benefit us in some instances. He talks about how when he creates a bad cartoon, yes, it's frustrating, but it actually just motivates him more to do better the next time. And there's a huge lesson in this that he dives into in regards to not letting negative situations or experiences burden you and hold you back. I'm so excited for you to dive into this episode and hear what being an editorial cartoonist is like. Make sure you share this with your friends, nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And while you're listening to the episode, take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at carrier underscore best you. And then make sure you go follow Mike on Twitter at m ajc, which is M-L-U-C-K-O-V-I-C-H-A-J-C. ajc, and go check out his blog at wwwajccom news dash blog and guys, remember, we're currently doing a giveaway of a $50 Visa gift card, one Best You coffee mug, and two Best You pens. In order to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Carrier underscore Best You, subscribe to the podcast, and also rate and review the show. You can enter the giveaway by going to nickcarrier.com slash giveaway. Three simple steps to get awesome $50 gift card and Best You swag. And with that being said, I want to go ahead and announce my review of the week. This is by Marquise615. I've been listening to Nick's podcast for a while, and I'm literally encouraged and motivated to be a better version of myself every day. Some of the topics have even challenged me to jump out of my comfort zone. I'd highly suggest checking an episode out because you'll definitely be a fan afterwards. I really appreciate it, Marquise, and I really like how you added how it's challenging to jump out of your comfort zone because that's one of the things that me and my guests talk about a lot and we talk about the importance of and the significance of in order to get closer to the best version of yourself. So for your chance to get shouted out on next week's episode, make sure you leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes and make sure you go to nickcarrier.com giveaway to enter for your chance to win that $50 Visa gift card, a Best You coffee mug and two best you pens but for now it's time it's time to work on being our best self today with decorated editorial cartoonist mike luckovich hey what's up everybody welcome back to nick carrier's best you podcast really excited for today's interview it's gonna be i know it's gonna be a really unique episode because well frankly there's uh, not too many editorial cartoonists out there so i know we're gonna get a unique perspective on uh on you might we have mike luckovich with me here today i appreciate you spending the time with me today mike Sure, uh, thank you for uh, pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So Mike is an editorial cartoonist who has worked for the AJC, now the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, back since 1989, and you've won two Pulitzer prizes now as well, back in 1995 and 2006, which is awesome and super cool. And I know we're going to get into a lot of things your career early on in your career about how how you go about. Creating a cartoon and that thought process, so I'm really excited to get all into all of that today. But basically, the way I want to start is kind of going back um, to when you graduated from University of Washington um, back in 1982. I learned that you did sold life insurance for a little bit. And then you also did some freelance selling your cartoons and stuff like that. So I kind of want, want to take you back and take the listeners back to that time and kind of what is going through your head? Were you knowing that you want to 100% do cartoons? And like, what were your goals kind of at that point in time?
1: Yeah, well, when I was a junior in college, uh, I, I told my girlfriend, now my wife, that I thought I'd, I'd uh, you know, get into social work because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Even though the whole time in high school and even in college at the and at the University of Washington, I was drawing editorial cartoons, and so at some point, either my junior or senior, year, I just thought, you know, I'm going to try and become an editorial cartoonist because uh, that's what I love to do. Uh, so I graduated from college. I sent out 300 resumes to newspapers all around the all around the country, and no one wanted to hire me. Uh, being an editorial cartoonist. Uh, there are, there are now very few editorial cartoonists left. And even when I was starting out, there weren't that many, uh, I think I would have had a better chance to, to become like a major league baseball player than an editorial cartoonist, just, just because of the numbers. Uh, so I sent these 300 out and I didn't, I didn't get a good response, but I had to make a living because my then girlfriend and I were going to be getting married. So, uh, I started selling life insurance. Uh, this was a, uh, a friend's dad had this agency and it was selling life insurance to union members. And so we would travel, we were were in Seattle and we would travel to Eastern Washington to these little, little towns like Pasco and Kennewick, these little, little small towns. And we would try and sell people life insurance. And it was all, you know, it was sort of a scam in a way. I mean, it was, and I just, I hated it. I was like the worst thing in the world. And I I actually uh, drove around. I had a, a Ford Pinto. I don't know if you've heard of, heard of a Pinto before, but they were like these l- really crappy cars. So I drove around with a Ford Pinto. Uh, drove around in a Ford Pinto on my uh, appointments to, to see union members, and I kept this uh, a magazine on the passenger side uh, of my car, and it was a it was a uh, it was a magazine about uh, the newspaper industry, and it had had uh, classified ads in it for jobs. And so uh, one, I got one, and had a, a job offered in in the eastern United States. I didn't know where, so I kept that on out, out on my car my car seat, and I, and eventually uh, I I applied for that job, and I got it in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. That was my first my first
0: job as a car as a cartoonist. Wow, and you saw you said you saw that in a magazine. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it was just you know, the, uh, again, they don't have, there weren't many editorial cartooning jobs available. So when this one came out, I was just thinking, oh man, this is my, this is my chance to get away from uh, selling life insurance. So uh, uh, I got that job and, and we, we took a U-Haul and we drove five days from Seattle to, to Greenville, South Carolina.
0: Yeah. When, so when you applied to be an editorial cartoonist and for that for the newspaper in South Carolina, did you send them a bunch of your work and stuff? Or how does that application process look like?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I was, I was selling life insurance, but, uh, on the side, on the weekends, I was freelancing editorial cartoons to newspapers ra- in the Seattle area. So, uh, so I had a kind of a portfolio uh, of recent cartoons. So I, I sent those to, to a uh, Greenville and then each week, uh, I would send them more and more so they they could kind of have a an idea of what, what kind of stuff I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So you did this for about two years before you moved to South Carolina, right? Well, I
1: sold life insurance for two years and right. until I got my job in Greenville. And then, and then I started my uh, cartooning career.
0: Yeah. So looking back on it, I'm sure that two years doesn't seem like a whole lot of time. But I feel like when you're in the moment, two years feels like forever. So did you feel like... When you were doing it, did you always have hope that you were at some point going to get a job as a cartoonist, or did you think at some point that you might have to like change your career focus to something else?
1: You know what? I, I really—that was my only focus was to become an editorial cartoonist, and uh, and at the time when I was selling life insurance, I would you know I'd go to like uh, grocery stores and I would look at magazines and I would see ed- other editorial cartoonists. Uh, that were very young around my age. I think, oh, crap, they got a job and I don't have one. So, but I just kept hoping I didn't know if I'd get one or not. But I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to keep trying and trying. And, and, you know, after two years, it, two years isn't that long a time. But during that during that time, I I mean, I frigging hated uh, selling life insurance. So it, it was really it, it seemed like a, a, a long period. But I was so happy to to have finally gotten hired somewhere.
0: Right. So, you know, you said you always knew you kind of wanted to be an editorial cartoonist and and through doing the research, I realized that, you know, you said you just always loved drawing and stuff at a young age. You started drawing cartoons and stuff at like six and always loved doing it growing up. But at what point did it kind of shift to being like, I know this is something that I could actually do and might want to do for a living?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, before I got my job as in a, as a uh, uh, and while I was still in school, before I started as a life insurance salesman. I was drawing for my school newspapers and I was reading, I don't know if you uh, are familiar with mad magazine. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, when I was young, it was, I think it came out every couple weeks or something. And it was just, it just had beautiful artwork. It was really a fun uh, uh, cartoon magazine to read. And so I started looking at mad magazine and I thought, Oh, that would be great to draw for mad magazine. And so it started, uh, I mean, I was in high school when I, Started thinking I should I should be a cartoonist, but it never it never really it wasn't until late in, in college that I thought well I have an actual chance to do or I have an actual I'm going to actually try to do this because it, earlier it always just had seemed sort of like a dream like that it's not going to be possible. But when I realized I sucked at everything else, I realized I needed <laughs> I needed to get a job doing what I what I was good at. So that's why that's when I really started to focus on that.
0: Okay gotcha. And so you started that back with that in 1984. you were in South Carolina but a little bit and then you went to New Orleans pretty soon pretty soon thereafter. Um, and so there's kind of like this five five and a half year gap between that and before in the AJC. So tell me a little bit about that time in New Orleans about like the different things that you learned and what allowed you to be able to kind of take that next step to moving to Atlanta and working for the AJC. Yeah well, so
1: I was in yeah so I was in uh, Greenville for the paper there for like 11, 11 months. Right. And then new Orleans hired me. And, uh, and so, and, and I, 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 enjoyed new Orleans, but, uh, so, so I was in new Orleans and there was a, there was a political convention. I can't, you know, it was like in the eighties or something, a long time ago. And, and the political convention was in Atlanta. And so I, I went there uh, working for the, uh, times picky in new Orleans and I was there for the convention and I just remember thinking, geez, Atlanta is a pretty cool city. And uh, and uh, so that's when I started thinking about Atlanta. And then when they when when that job opened up, they uh, they they wanted to hire me. And, uh, and for some reason, I can't remember, but I, I turned it down initially. And then they came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, hey, well, you know, would you give it another shot? And, and since I already kind of liked Atlanta, uh, I, I eventually took the job. So I've, I've been here for, for a long time.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So when you were, uh, when you were in new Orleans or even maybe early on in your time in Atlanta, I understand that as an editorial cartoonist, your, your day is very much probably spent kind of alone or like doing your own thing, kind of coming up with your own ideas. But did you have any, you have any like major role models or any mentors that you looked up to or that taught you big lessons in terms of like your career and becoming like a better editorial cartoonist? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well there was a, there's a cartoonist, uh, who was at mad magazine and uh his name is mark Mort drucker uh, you can look him up i'm sure online on, on on google but he he was this beautiful artist and i used to think oh man that is just he used to do movie satires for mad magazine and uh so he would do like the godfather and he would do these beautiful drawings and he, he was a he he was he, he's an ex- excellent caricaturist and and so i really loved his stuff and then uh there, there was a uh an then I started noticing an editorial cartoonist named Jeff McNelly, who who uh, drew for the Richmond Times Dispatch in, in Virginia, and he he was a he he was a beautiful artist. So those were the two uh, people that I really that really inspired me. Uh, and now, uh, so I got to, you know, as I be- after I became an editorial cartoonist, I got to be friends with Jeff McNally and and Mort Drucker, who's who's, you know, I think he's in his late 80s now, but I see him at. Uh, uh, cartooning
0: conventions
1: and we're friends so that's kind of fun
0: gotcha so when you were looking at these these two guys cartoons like obviously you liked at an early age you liked to draw but i feel like there's a yeah. big there's a big difference between enjoying to draw and enjoying to draw cartoons and then wanting to become an editorial cartoonist there's a gap there so when you saw like these couple people's cartoons what was it about it like what was similar between those two that made you attracted to them and make you made you look up to what the work that they put out
1: yeah, well uh, again they were just they both had this beautiful they were both beautiful artists. And and uh so when I was in high school I was looking at their their cartoons and and instead of going to like the football games on Friday nights I would stay in my room and look at their artwork and try to be as good a good an artist as they were. And I would look at how they would do how they would do uh, caricatures. They there used to be these magazines uh, these like movie star magazines, uh, sort of like maybe like National Enquirer now, but they had they would have photos of movie stars like Paul Newman in them. And so I would I would get a photo of, of someone like Paul Newman and I would try to draw a, a caricature the way that these guys drew, trying to do a cartoon image uh, and, and try and get a likeness. And so that's really I so I really kind of learned on my own by looking at, at other other people's work. And then when I was in college, I went to the University of Washington, and and so to pay for school, uh, I would I there's there's this it's called the Seattle Center, which is in, uh, which is where the Space Needle is in Seattle, and so I got a job there uh, drawing caricatures of people. So for four years, that's how I paid my way through college. Was was uh, during the summers, I just set up a booth and people would line up and I would and I would draw them, and so that was really a good training
0: training ground for me wow that's so cool that's so cool that you did that um did yeah. you did you always did you always have an interest in like when did the interest in in politics start to come geez
1: you know it, it wasn't i think until i got into college I, I mean i remember uh in high school not really knowing the difference between democrats and republicans uh, in high school i drew for i i we, my my father uh, transferred around to various places in the West to, uh, from Seattle to, uh, Boise, Idaho and to Eugene, Oregon. So when I, so I would join the school newspapers of those schools. And I, I went to a, a Catholic school in Boise, Catholic high school. And I wasn't really political. So I just sort of concentrated on uh, drawing the, uh, you know, sort of the, uh, eccentric nuns and priests that worked at the school. And that's that was just early on, and then I then then in college I sort of developed
0: develop my political views. Gotcha, I gotcha. So did you did that help? Did that help you gain a passion for like the job role that you eventually wanted to do? Like did that like did, I know you want you really loved drawing, but did a passion for politics spark you like this is something that I want to do Ooh, long oh, term? Yeah,
1: right? Oh, no, it did because you know, I thought at first that I, I I might be fun to draw from Mad Magazine, but once I got into politics and I realized that, you know, you could, you know, in a, in a single image, you could make a point that, you know, that you could share with people and try and, and try and educate them through your, through your drawings. That became like such a, uh, a passion for me and a, and a, and a vocation to, to do that. So for me, editorial cartoon isn't just a fun job, which it is. I, I love it every day, but it really, I really feel like such a uh, an importance in trying to explain what, what I believe is going on in the world and in politics and, and, and in our government because so much of our government is, is spin and it's, and it's uh, uh, not, you know, a lot of it's faults and you have to, so you have to, kind of uh, uh, read and understand and think about and then and then uh, bring to its essence an issue in, in a single panel to make your point. And, and it's a challenge. It's really a challenge every single day to do that.
0: Mm. So when you're... Tell me a little bit about the thought process of, cr- of creating these cartoons because, you know, you, you just ta- talked about how you, in one picture, you can give across kind of your take on what's going on in the world right now. So give me a little bit of the thought process of like how you go on a day-to-day basis going and creating something completely new.
1: Yeah. Well, I I have the sort of the same process every day. I, I, I get in around noon because I'm not a morning person. And, uh, so the first thing I do when I get to my office is, is of course I have lunch. And then after lunch, I'm, (laughs) I'm sitting in my office and I'm uh, not really doing anything. It, I'm, I'm, in a way, I'm kind of procrastinating. So I'm reading online, and, and I'm reading the AJC, uh, and online I'm, I'm, I'm looking at different uh, subjects that would be good for a cartoon, things that interest me, and then I sort of write them down. Uh, but I'm not really. That's like the easiest part of the day because I'm just sort of, uh, basically farting around. And then it gets to be around three o'clock. And my deadline is about, uh, I have to have the drawing done by like six o'clock. So when it gets to be around three o'clock, I start getting a little bit nervous about coming up with an idea. And that sort of focuses me. And so I start coming up with ideas. And normally the ideas that I come up with, they stink, the first ones. And and so as it gets later and later, usually around 4:30 or 5, I'll bring some ideas and I'll show them to an editor that I, I that I know will give me the uh, will tell me the truth whether they're good or not. Because by then I've kind of lost my I don't know whether they're good or not because I've been looking at these ideas and it's like looking right. at the word who W H O. If you look at that word for long enough, it loses its meaning. So you need to show it to someone. I need to show my ideas to someone too. To get them to tell me what, what, what they like or not. And a lot of times it's, it'll be, it'll be five o'clock and I still don't have an idea. But that, but that pressure, that panic and that, that procrastination in waiting till the end of the day, that all works. It all works for me. I just, I get so, um, I get so focused and, and I can, I, I'm, I'm under pressure, but that pressure really helps me to, to create. Uh, or to come up with an idea, and and the later it gets, and the more panicked I get, I'll sometimes come up with my best cartoons right at the very end of the day, just because it 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 it's it's like I become much more aware. You know, there's a book, um, it's called I think it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and and it, it talks about being present and in the moment. Well, when I'm under pressure and I'm running out of time, that's when I'm really present. And that's
0: when I can come up with my, my, my ideas. Huh. I think that's, you know, you, you started off kind of joking about it about how like you procrastinate, but I really think there's like a lesson there because I think that sometimes procrastination, it like depends on what is, what instance I think you're procrastinating in. But I think that it sparks a sense of urgency. And sometimes when you're like forced into a sense of urgency, creation can come yeah or like that's when you're most creative sometimes so like i know know that so like i when i first moved to nashville i started with this one job and then and then quit that job pretty quickly early on and so i was i had i had another like kind of side job that i was doing to like keep me on my feet but i was like unemployed in a sense and so yeah that, that was the time where i found myself being the most creative in terms of like what I can do yeah. to go make money, like what jobs I could go get and, and or create for myself and, and that sort of thing. And so I like to talk about it as like the unemployed mind, but the, the idea is you have this kind of sense of urgency forced upon you in a sense that allows create, creative juices to flow that you didn't otherwise have at your disposal.
1: Right. No, that's, that's a good point. And you know, when I, sometimes I'll talk to uh, like high school groups and I, I, you know, I talk about how I procrastinate and then at the end of the day, come up with something. And I always feel kind of bad because I don't want, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want kids to, to not do their homework. Right. That's sort of how that's, how, but it works for me. It works for me to, to delay and delay. And then right when I'm up against this deadline, I come up with something. So, um, it's, uh, it's a weird way to work, but it, it's worked for me for, for many years.
0: You know, I had, I actually hadn't thought about it in this way until, until you just talked about it. In terms of, I think that if something doesn't re- require creativity, then you shouldn't procrastinate doing it or there's no benefit to procrastinating to it. But if something, yeah, if something requires creativity or will benefit from, Having creativity implemented into it, then there's some benefit to it because, like a lot of times, homework, right? Like math homework, there's no creativity there. It's just doing it. Like a lot of homework and a lot of things in school, there's no creativity, yeah. and there's no benefit to procrastination. But if it's something like maybe writing a paper or creating a drawing, creating some sort of creative piece, then there's some benefits to yeah. procrastination. No,
1: that, that's 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 a good point. I'd never thought about that before. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're doing if you're doing math homework or something and you, you have the knowledge, it doesn't require a lot of procrastination because you can just kind of think about it and do it. But yeah, there's something about creativity where, where you know, uh, where you're doing art or you're, you're, or you're writing something creative that, that, that pressure sometimes just is like a, is such a motivating force and it just, it causes this spark and, and it's, it's, it's really a great thing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love this topic because as I think when um, when I was younger, you know, a lot of times in school you take personality tests and a lot of those sorts of things and a lot of times it determines like how creative you are or whatever and I was, I always saw myself as not really on the creative side of things because I was never like that into music, playing an instrument or like drawing or any of that sort of thing. I was just kind of like a sports guy and so I never thought of myself as creative until like kind of this point in my life a couple of years ago when I was like, I realized that the creativity was kind of forced out of me. And that's kind of what I sometimes have like tried to communicate to a couple of people. Like you're more creative than you think you are, as long as you kind of like force yourself into a sense of urgency.
1: Right, right. Well, and what you're doing right now uh, is creative. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, what people are telling you and you're reflecting on that and you you make really good points. So that's, that's all. That's
0: all part of creativity. That's true. That's true. Um, the, the other The other part of your work today I wanted to talk about, you know, is when you said you first start doing these drawings, a lot of them are bad right away, right? But I think that a lot of people, if going into a situation, if they knew their first draft was going to be bad, they wouldn't take any action at all. But I think it's really important that you just start. You just kind of get it out there because you know you can start making adjustments because If you don't start, you don't know where to pivot. You don't know how to adjust. You don't know where to turn. But as long as you do start, you can make those adjustments. So I kind of want you to expand a little bit more on the idea of starting, even though you don't know what the final project is going to look like exactly. Right.
1: Okay. Well, you know, um, here here's the thing. I when I when I come up with my ideas, um, I I show them to people, and a lot of times when you're when you're an artist, you're uh, and, and you know, you, you hesitate to get feedback because you're kind of insecure. But I've always found that when you have, when you trust people to tell you that something doesn't work or it's not very good, that's always a great thing. So if you, if you are a creative person, if you are an artist, and if you you're creating stuff, it is good to have someone that you can that you can count on to give you uh, feedback. Because when I when when I show my cartoons to an editor, and they and I can tell they don't, they don't love them. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like another, it's like another uh, jolt for me. It, it, it motivates me to, to go back to my office and come up with something better just to, to show that I'm not a, a failure, mm-hmm. so, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think it does. Um, so do you, when you're drawing, do you, and you know, you, you've said a couple of times about referencing your art as good or bad do you do you think you draw them in the sense of like your own judgment do you like do you want to draw something that you think you would like do you want to draw something that you think your editor would like do you want to draw something that you think the people who actually see it will like or is it like a combination of everything
1: no you know i I kind of i kind of draw to please myself and and uh if i think something is you know i don't if if I like it, then I feel like I'm gonna, you know, I'm 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 good with it. I don't draw for anyone else, and I and they're my opinions, and uh, uh, so yeah, if I'm happy with it, I I feel good about the cartoon. But 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 again, um uh, you know, I'm always so self-critical that, that uh, most of the time I'll think, oh, that's a pretty good cartoon, but it's it's very rare that I think, oh, I just love this cartoon. I'm all I'm always like. I I always get down on myself. And when I do a crappy cartoon, it's just like, it just ruins my night because I want to go back to, you know, go back and do another drawing to kind of redeem my, redeem myself.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you, so how do you get over those? I mean, you're doing drawings every single day. You must have that almost thought process, thought process every single day of being like self-critical and self-doubting yourself and have a lot of self-doubt. So how do you kind of get past those moments, if you will?
1: Well, by doing the, doing a, going back the next day and doing another cartoon because, you know, each cartoon I'm focusing on and, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking about, and then once I do it, you know, and it runs, then, then, you know, the next day, if the cartoon, if I think it, it, if I don't like it, if I'm unhappy with it, Then the next day I can come in and do another cartoon, and I have a, I have, it it just raises my energy level when I've done a crappy cartoon to come in the next day and do do something better. So it's always, it's all, it's all good. Even the negative, even the negative feelings that I have, it's it's all good in the end because it just propels me to keep doing, doing the best that I can.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's really cool and and really motivating to hear because I think that if more people. Saw that on a regular basis in terms of like if I screwed up or you know if something didn't go my way this time, be like it's not over, like life wow. isn't over just because of that one experience. Like I can rebound myself and and just come back from that. Um, let's see, what did I want to go into? Um, oh yeah, so you won the Pulitzer Prize first back in 95 and then in 2006. I kind of want to tell you or ask you about what how did that change how did that change your life how did that change your career and all that stuff starting back in 1995 after that first one
1: yeah you know you know it's the thing about a drawing being a cartoonist it's such a fun job and so when you you know in, in the course of a long career when you occasionally get an award it's always fun it's you know it's like it's it's like a, it's like great and, and and it's great that people are uh, you know that you've won this award and that people are uh, 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 paying attention to you and things. But in the end, the awards aren't the, 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 the the big thing to me. The the big thing to me is just being able to do this job, just being able to come in every day and know that I have this, this thing that I can do this quirky thing uh, that, that I, that I enjoy doing so much and that I can, you know, I don't really have to deal with going to meetings you know, Most people, when they're working a, a daily job, they have to go to meetings, they have to deal with people. I, I, the only time I deal with people is when I bring bring my cartoons out to, to show an editor to see what they think about them. Uh, other than that, I'm just doing my own thing. I can come in, come in when I want, leave when I want. It's just this beautiful thing that I've got, and, and it's the one thing that I, I feel like I have this, this talent for. So I'm so happy that I was able to find a, a place to do it. So, you know, I, I love winning the Pulitzer and, and it's great. And it's, you know, it'll it's I have these little awards. They're just tiny. They're just like little cut glass uh, crystal type things. And and, and then you get a little, a little bit of money. But but it's not, you know, and I would love I would love to. I love to I love to win awards. So I'm not knocking awards, but it's just they pale in comparison to the, to the fact that I can do this every day.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's so cool that you love what you do so much and so passionate about it. Is there like one, I know there's a lot of aspects that we've talked about. I mean, one, you just like drawing to you are into the politics and you like being able to communicate your voice and whatever it is that you draw. But is there like a particular aspect of it that you enjoy the most that that you could maybe point out?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a couple things, you know, sometimes, uh, This isn't probably a great example, but I did a cartoon last week and and, uh, you know, it was when Trump was trying to, uh, you know, he was going to they were going to he was going to put sanctions on Mexico and then and then uh, he backed down because he said that Mexico had agreed to something, but he didn't specify what it was. So. So I was thinking about that, and then I'm looking on Twitter and on various sites And I see that, um, I see that, uh, Taco Bell is reintroducing nacho fries. Uh, and so, so I started to think about that. So I, so I drew Trump on TV and he's saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, something like nacho fries are coming back to Taco Bell. And then I always draw this couple in my cartoons a lot of times. And the woman's saying he's still, he's still trying to find reasons to, to show how the, the, uh, his threats against, Threat, threats against Mexico uh, paid off something like that but it was just finding it was finding something out there in the culture and then using it in a cartoon that's that's kind of fun and the other thing that's fun for me is when I'm drawing I don't pencil anything in when I draw I'll do a real really rough sketch to show uh, my editors but when it comes to drawing I just I just ink and so I at the end of the day, I have white out all over my fingers because I've been whiting things out. But so I'm, I'm inking, but what what I'll do, like if if I'm drawing a uh, cartoon with Trump in it, I'll look at, you know, I'll I'll go to Google and I'll go to Google images and I'll find a a Trump, uh, a Trump photograph that I like, you know, situated in a way that's going to work for the cartoon. And so I just, I don't even sit at a drawing board. I just sit at my desk with my computer and I'll find a picture of Trump And I'll just I'll just draw it, uh, you know, without without penciling anything in. And so that what's really fun for me is when I really get a likeness that I really think, oh, that really captures whomever I'm drawing. That's also a really good feeling. And there are just certain days when there are days when when I'll try doing a simple drawing and I can't do it. It's like I have to start over like ten times. And then there are other times there there are other days I'll be doing some complicated drawings. With 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 someone uh, like Trump, uh, who you really, who I really want to get their likeness correct, and it'll just all work out. So it's, you know, every day is different, and but it's but it's always fun.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like those couple of things that you pointed out because it's. I feel like the first one touched on just how unconventional the job is in and of itself, and your ideas can come out of anywhere. But at the same time, you can combine the ideas into one message in one picture um so that's right. so cool that, like you're able to literally pull a tweet from taco bell and then like a, a political thing like the borders and kind of mix it into one message i think that's so unique
1: yeah we uh, another i was just thinking about it another uh one uh, of course trump is uh, i've been drawing trump a lot because he's like in the news he's constantly saying or doing or tweeting things so it's just like never ending but I don't know if you if you remember he well, first of all, I believe that he's sort of been, uh, you know, uh, uh, he has been sort of ignoring the rule of law, kind of breaking down these norms that we have in our in in our in our government. And so I don't know if you remember, but there was a a picture of him from a few months ago where Trump is walking up uh, to to walking up the stairs to board Air Force One and he's got a piece of toilet paper on his shoe. Do you remember that? I think so. Okay, yeah. So it was, it was it's pretty famous because it was it's famous for one thing because no one told him that he had this toilet paper on his shoe, and the fact that he walks all the way up into Air Force One with it on his shoe was pretty funny. Why he was being filmed. So what I did with that one is I I, I drew that only instead of instead of a piece of toilet paper, I've I've got the U.S. Constitution stuck on the bottom of his shoe, <laughs> uh, and and so. So what I, so it was like taking something that was happening and then combining it with something. It's almost like a puzzle. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to find these puzzle pieces to make them fit together. And it's, it's, it's really strange and it's, it's sort of a mental exercise every day to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, so these ideas come from just about anywhere and at different points in the day. Have you ever had a day where you actually haven't been able to come up with anything?
1: You know, I have many days like that, and it's but it's like I but, but I have many days like that. But 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 like I said, it's always I, I go into a I go into a, a panic, and I'm sitting there, and I and I will come up with something, and sometimes they're great. I mean, in in, in the scheme of things, they're for, for coming up with something so late in the day. There, it turns out really good. Uh, but I've always come up with something, and and it is it, it, again, it's just the panic. And the uh, knowing that I'm up, up against my deadline that,
0: that forces me to come up with something. I guess you have just come to accept that the panic is just going to come most days.
1: Yeah, but you know, there are days, there are days where I think, okay, this is the day where I don't have anything. I'm just this, I have failed. I, I this, I, you know, what, what am I, what am I going to do? And, uh, and there are days when I'll start, I'll, I'll have a crappy idea and I'll start drawing it out. And then, and then. And I've showed it to my editor. I've got it approved. Then I then I'm drawing. I think this this is terrible. And so then I'll come up with something even late. And I'll tell my editor, listen, I've had another idea. So it's all very last minute. This this whole job.
0: Okay, got you. Well, I want to go a little bit back into the early part of your your career and ask a question there. You know, your your job's super different than anybody else's. But I'm I'm interested. Do, have you did you ever make a super important decision early on in your career that looking back on it now you realize the importance of but you didn't realize the significance of it of at that time so like the most important decision that you made early on that you didn't see, realize the significance of it of at the time yeah um
1: gosh you know my career is sort of just uh flowed naturally um i mean i i was in, I, I, I was in greenville and then uh i was offered the job in new orleans and then and then uh going from new Orleans to Atlanta, that was probably the, uh, probably the, 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 most, uh, the, the biggest decision, uh, career wise that I made. And, and, uh, and it, it all turned out well, I think that, I think that people that are watching this, if you just, if, if you just work hard, uh, and, and, you know, get along with people and try your best, things usually just kind of work out. You know, you, there wasn't a single decision that I uh, I'm thinking oh I, I wish I hadn't done this. Uh, it, it's just all it's just all turned out good.
0: Okay, so you've won we've talked about a couple of the Pulitzer prizes that you won. You've won a number of other awards and you've you know become this big editorial cartoonist that that you know a lot of people are familiar with, especially with seeing in the AJC and stuff like that. Is there anything that you're most proud of that maybe people wouldn't think about?
1: Um, gosh, you know, I mean, there are, there are various cartoons that I've done that I, I, I'm proud of that. I, that I especially liked, you know, I'm humbled at the same time that I, that I have this job that Mm -hmm. I can, that they keep letting me do it. And, and, uh, and I never take for granted that I, that I I found this thing. And, and I'm just glad that I'm, I'm able to keep doing my thing. I, I knew, uh, Charles Schultz, uh, the guy, uh, he, he went by the name Sparky, the guy who did paint, who, who drew peanuts. And, uh, and so he, his whole life, he, you know, a lot of times with comic strips, uh, the, the co- the person that does a comic strip will like turn it over to other people or have sort of a staff that does it. But, uh, uh, Schultz always did it himself and he drew it. He came up with the ideas and, uh, and then, you know, is like when he was, I think, late seventies, he like had a stroke or something. And then within a few weeks, he had passed away. But up until that point, he drew every day. So he got to spend his whole life drawing, doing the thing that he really loved. And, 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 and that's, you know, that's if, if, if I'm lucky, that's what I'll be able to do. Just keep doing it for, for as long as I can. Um, you know, and and, and like a, a guy like Charles Schultz, he, he was interesting because uh, he was uh, I mean, he's kind of a very quiet person, and uh, and people at these cartoonist conventions that I would go to, uh, the cartoonists around him, they were very hesitant to talk to him like a real person because he was this this great you know this great uh, amazing cartoonist. Uh, so I remember one time I had drawn a, uh, a, did a drawing using the Peanuts characters, Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus or something, and I put and they were in, in they were in baseball caps or something. I don't I don't even remember. But Schultz said to me he said Hey, he said you drew those baseball caps wrong on the on, on the characters. And I told him I said Well, listen, I just did that to to, to annoy you. And so. <laughs> He thought that was fun. He, you know, because no one would. Most people don't talk to him in a real way. So I, I sort of had a fun relationship with him. Uh, we could kind of talk in, in, in back and forth and talk about politics a little bit. And uh, so, so that you know, I have you know, I've met so many interesting people in my career, which has really been a, a, a fun uh, thing, a fun extra thing to to do with this job. This
0: job. Yeah. Right. Is there any particular ability that you think maybe like sets you apart to be a a really good as an editorial cartoonist? Like what allowed you to get to this point that maybe holds other people back? Like any certain ability that has allowed you to kind of get to this level? Mm.
1: Well, you know what I, I, what I try and do when I'm drawing my editorial cartoons is I try to make a strong point, but at the same time, I try to use humor and so I think that's been a, a, a thing, uh, a positive thing from, from, from my cartoons because, uh, it's, it's sort of easy to make a hard hitting point. Uh, the, 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 the hard, the, the difficult thing is to make a hard hitting point and you, and make it funny. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's where my talent lies. And, and, uh, and that, that's what I, that's what I trying to do you know, depending on the subject matter, I try and use humor to to, to make my points.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you haven't done yet in your career? Any like particular thing that you know that's something that you want to be able to accomplish or get done? Yeah, you know,
1: um, uh, one of these days I'm gonna. Um, I, I would like to take up painting, and uh, you know, I love impressionist paintings, and I, I would love to do something like that. Uh, but right now, I. My, my cartooning keeps me pretty much occupied, and, and uh, so I'm happy just doing what I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah.
1: You just got to have your wife give you lessons. I know. I know. She she, she should.
0: <laughs> well, very good. Awesome. Well, um, coming down here toward, towards the end, last couple of questions. So sure. one of the questions I, I, I like to ask, I always start off with uh, throwing out the age question first. So how, how old are you currently? I'm currently 59 and a half. All right, 59 and a half. Awesome, very specific. So, uh <laughs> and t- 10 years down the road, uh you're going to be 69 and a half, right? Um yes. tell me what 69 and a half-year-old Mike Lukovic looks like, what have you done, what have you accomplished and, and what are you currently doing?
1: Oh gosh. You know, that's that's a great question. Uh uh I will probably keep doing what I've always done, which is I exercise regularly. So, hopefully I'll be in halfway decent shape. Love it. Um, And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe have some grandkids. We have four children. Uh, Two of them are married. One of them got married just, I think, three weekends ago. Uh, So I'll probably have grandkids by then. Uh, Hopefully, you know, my mind will still be sound. You know, it's, uh, you know, know, 59. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm six months away from being 60 years old. So that's like, oh, my God, I never thought that would happen. Yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll see. I, that's uh who knows, Nick? Yeah. I don't know. It's life is life. So unpredictable.
0: I understand. I understand. Well, well, awesome. But before I ask the last question, Mike, I want to, I want to acknowledge you. I think that your, your passion for your job is, is so cool and, and so infectious and you can, anybody listening or, or watching can just can just tell from your energy from it. I think a lot of people can say that they like their job or they're passionate about their, what their job or they're doing, what their passion is. But yeah. to be able to hear you and see you like it, it's it's so obvious about how much you truly enjoy it and how much uh, you believe in what you do. And I think that it's also really cool that you can every single day go in there and create something completely new and completely yeah. from scratch. Because yeah. I think like...
1: Uh, it's great. Hey, well, listen... Uh, uh, uh your viewers if i'm on twitter yeah it's uh, mike lukovich i'm not sure hey i think if you just type in mike lukovich you'll, you'll you can go to my site and i'm also on facebook and or you can go to ajc.com and you can see my cartoons every day and there's a there's a large archive so people can keep up with me even if they don't get the if they don't get the ajc delivered to them
0: Right, right. Awesome. Well, I was just going to allow you to say those things as well. And it's M-I-K-E-L-U-C-K-O-V-I-C-H, correct? Yes, that's correct. Perfect, perfect. Just for um, people listening on the audio and everything like that. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate the. So the last question I always ask everybody is... um, the Like I, we talked about beforehand, I believe that becoming the best version of yourself, I believe it's a constant journey. I don't know if we're ever at the best version of ourself. I think that we're always striving to be better today than we were uh, yesterday and all and all that sort of thing. And I also believe that becoming the best version of yourself is a very unique journey. I think that the way that you're going to become the best version of yourself is going to be different than the way that I become the best version of myself. So what I want to ask for you personally is if you could currently do or work on three things to get you closer to that best version of Mike Walkovich that you could be, what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Okay, let's see.
0: I think one thing
1: would be to, and I'm trying to work on this, is, and I tell my kids this, you know, whatever is bothering you right now, uh, you know, you have to kind of realize that a week from now, you're probably going to, there's some probably something else that's going to be bothering you. So try not to, try not to get too upset about things. Just kind of roll with the punches because, you know, life is, is difficult and we all have issues and we all have problems. But if you can kind of realize, okay, this thing isn't going to, this thing isn't going to take over my life. I'm going to be able to deal with this and then go on to the next thing. I, I think that's one thing. And I'm, I work on that myself. I try not to get too worked up about things. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, you know I procrastinate a lot, but I, uh, when it comes to my job, and, but I'm working on trying to uh, address things. Uh, like if I need to get something done, you know whether it's something mundane like yard work or just getting something done, it's better in those kind of cases not to procrastinate, to just go out and get it done, because then once it's done, it's off your mind, and then you it kind of frees you to to to. Uh, you know, not be burdened stuff. So I'm, I guess what I'm, guess what I'm saying is that I'm trying to make, uh, in my own life and with, with my children's lives, I'm trying to teach them that you sh- you don't need to be burdened by stuff because a lot of it, it's, it's just, it's just silliness that you just have to plow through. And so I need to come up with a third thing, don't I, Nick?
0: <laughs> you do. <laughs> Let's see. Well, uh-huh. well, but before, before you come up with a third thing, I wanted to I'll give you a little time to think about it because the first one, the first one that I really, like you said, like don't get upset or like don't kind of dwell, I guess, kind of don't dwell on something. Don't get too upset about it and let it linger with you because I think that's kind of in an instance what you do a lot of times when maybe you feel like you didn't have a great drawing like this is what this is what came to me when you started talking about i was like he doesn't do a great drawing but that lets that motivates him to do just something that much better the next time and i felt like that's what i went to when you first said don't get upset too much about one thing just kind of move on and know like it's not the end of the world
1: right so i'm sort of contradicting myself there aren't i because you know I, i i cartooning but but i always know with cartooning i can get upset and but i know
0: that that the next day I can redeem myself, so it doesn't. It's not a long lasting. No, I, I, I wasn't saying you were contradicting yourself at all. I was saying that you were living exactly what you were saying was important to do. That you were yet that you're not getting too upset about it. You're just letting it motivate you.
1: Right, right, yeah. So I'm still thinking of that third thing I
0: got to come <laughs> up with. Uh, let's see. Something maybe about your kids. You know, we've talked a lot about career, but. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm naturally, I think, kind of a reserved person. And so when it does come to my wife and my kids, I have to, you know, uh, it's important for me to always try to remain connected. Uh, earlier in my life, I had uh, it, it was more of a more of an issue for me. It's not as much now. But it's something that I, I am aware of that I need to stay, you know, I, sometimes I need to get out of my shell a little bit and 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 be be more present to my family. And to, and 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 so that is, again, it's just a, uh, one of those things that you work on through, throughout your life to try to try and be better at.
0: Mhm. Awesome. Well, those are three great things. I really loved them. I think that the, uh, the third one you came up with one. When that third one you came up with was awesome. So, well, I appreciate your time today, Mike. Hey, thank you, Nick. It was great talking to you. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did share it with one friend or family member, just take the link from the podcast or text them. Hey, check this out. dot slash podcast. And it'll take them right to the episode. We want to spread this message. If you know anyone who is needing to spark some creativity in their life, send them this episode, brighten someone else's day, be someone else's hero by sharing with them the inspiring words and lessons that Mike shared here today. To learn more about Mike, you can find him on Twitter at AJC. Again, that's M-L-U-C-K-O-V-I-C-H-A-J-C. And go check out his blog at ajc.com news slash Lukovic dash blog. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a rating and review. If you open the Apple Podcast app, all you have to do is scroll to the bottom click write a review. If you're on iTunes, all you have to do is go to the ratings and review section and click write a review there. Let me know your favorite takeaway. Let me know one of your favorite guests. Let me know what you're starting to do and implement into your life to get closer to the best version of yourself. And if you leave a rating and review, you might as well enter the giveaway that we have going on right now at nickcarrier.com giveaway. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and you enter yourself for a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card, one best you coffee mug and two best you pens so make sure you enter now for your chance to win and for your chance to be shouted out as the review of the week on next week's episode remember if you need a spark of creativity find a way to apply some pressure on yourself find a way to create for yourself a sense of urgency that inspires that creativity in you and allows it to arise as if from nowhere thank you guys so much for listening for sharing this episode and for rating and reviewing the show but for now you know what time it is it's time to go out and upgrade yourself to get closer and closer to your best you